Sammy from Dairy Free State, and today I'm going to be interviewing Stephanie for the second episode of our podcast series. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for for taking a chance on me. Yes, I really appreciate I, it. <laughs> I'm interested to see how this goes. I haven't really talked super... I don't know publicly is the right word, but I haven't talked about it a lot, so it should be interesting. Okay, cool. So, well, let's just start off. Um, so my blog is all about living dairy-free, but I've spent a lot of time writing about all kinds of different dietary restrictions or special diets, so this just kind of felt like the logical next step in that is starting to talk to other people about um, the foods that they eat or the foods that they avoid. So why don't you just start off by talking a little bit about um, your dietary restrictions and like what led you to eat that way. And we'll just start there. Sure. Um, so on my end, my medical journey, I actually have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, which is a hormone medical condition. That's basically all I'll really say too much about it. Um, so it affects your hormones and it affects a lot of things in your body and how you feel. Um, and so that has been kind of the main reason for me trying out different dietary things and kind of seeing what works over the years. Um, yeah. So I am fully gluten-free. I have been for, I think it's about eight or nine years at this point. I've kind of lost track. Um, and on that, it is, I always say, you know, when you go to restaurants, they're like, is it an allergy or sensitivity? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, so I never really know what to say, but I cannot consume it at all. So I guess that's an allergy. Um, but I haven't been diagnosed with celiac or anything like that. Um, and then I have other things that I kind of like limit. Um, I do limit dairy as much as possible. I go in phases where I try to be really strict about it. And then I go in phases where I'm like, oh, a little cheese won't hurt, you know, and then you kind of push your push your own boundaries until you're like, oh, I feel like crap again. You know, I'm sure you've had that experience as well. Um, and I've read other different things that I've limited over the years as well. Like, let's try this thing. Now let's try nuts. Now let's try, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, but those are the two that I mainly focus on now. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I got to the point where Within like the first year of cutting dairy out of my life, I was like, oh, I don't want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking lactates. And then it got to the point where like I was on a date with this guy and I brought eight lactates with me for dinner. And I was like, this is not worth it. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. It, like, I've actually never tried the whole lactate thing. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, so you actually are intolerant of dairy then. Oh, yeah. I don't. I Yeah. I okay. don't eat it at all. So I – um. I started, I think I had like, I would bring a couple capsules with me and it seemed to work. And then it was like, it just, it just got worse and worse. Yeah. And and I had to keep upping my consumption of lactate to like eat dairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was okay. like, this is so, and then, and I also, um, I used to be okay with like milk protein with like casein and whey was fine. And then that got worse too. So I avoid all that stuff. Okay. Um, Cause it just, yeah, it just got to the point where I'm like, it isn't worth feeling this lousy. I'm just going to stop eating it. Um, But I do talk about like 
goat cheese and sheep cheese on my blog sometimes because that has worked for me. Um, so at least I get goat cheese and that stuff's awesome. So yeah, goat I'm not, cheese is good. Yeah, I'm not that upset about it. Yeah, That's I would nice. say like with like the sensitivity or allergy question, I think usually why they ask that question, at least in my experience, because sometimes I'll do gluten-free. Like right now I'm eating a lot of gluten-free stuff um, is like they're asking based on how they need to prepare mm-hmm. it. Like if you could prepare it in something that that they also prepared. Right. You know, like, or I've had people say, is that a preference or an allergy? Like you go to those build your own pizza places. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've had that conversation where they're like, is that a preference or an allergy? And I'm like, well, that's a preference. And I'll just say with dairy, I just say it's an allergy just so that they don't like cut it with the same. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if you're that you know, intolerant, intolerant, then it really is. Yeah. I mean, I can still like some medications have lactose in them in really, really small amounts. Oh, okay. And I've never noticed an issue from that, which is good. Um, but I'm like, well, if you're going to be cutting it with the same knife and you're going to be putting that cheese on, like, I don't want that. So I'll, I'll just say allergy, even though it's not an allergy. So there's always that weird, that weird line you have to cross and like, it's an uncomfortable thing. And I think for me, it's because in a lot of situations, I'm like, I know if I say like, I'm like fully allergic, then they're going to tell me I can't have fries. And I want them <laughs> because the <laughs> yeah. whole shared fryer thing people are yeah. like well if you're actually like for example if you're actually celiac where you can't come into a contact it at all then you would never order fries right yeah but and for like- me I'm like no I am allergic but like I can see when there's a piece of breading from like a chicken tender and I can just like push it aside and still eat a french fry do you know what I mean and, and like, I'm not yeah. gonna like but it's just hard because I don't want people like I don't know. One time I had to send a salad back because it had very crumbly croutons on it. And I was like mm. so embarrassed because I'm always like my husband and my family always tell me like, you shouldn't be embarrassed like that. And I'm like, oh, but I just feel like I'm being so difficult. It's like, <laughs> I can't believe I still struggle with this like this many years later. But like, I can't eat like crouton dust, like fully integrated into my salad. Like I can't just pick them off, you know? Yeah. No, I totally feel the same way. Like sometimes I'm like, I'll just, I'll just take this off and not say anything. Like, Mm -hmm. unless it's like cheese that's melted on or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'll just say nothing. And, um, yeah, that like baffles my mom. Cause she's like, why don't you just (laughs) say something? I'm like, I've like, I've already been difficult enough asking them like a hundred questions. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to ask. But like I had I actually had like a reader email me like this week and she said she said, do you get that sixth sense where you're at a restaurant and you know that they get it or they don't? Yes. And then you and then, you know, like what to order based on the way they talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, 100 percent like. I if I ask about something containing dairy and they bring up mayo, I'm like, uh oh, this is not good. You do not understand what dairy is. Mm-hmm. So then we're in trouble, you know. But like that's kind of why like I just wrote an ebook and one section of it is all about my favorite dairy free places to eat in Milwaukee, like places that cater to dairy free people, not mm, completely okay. dairy free necessarily. But they're the restaurants that every time I go they get you it. know 
Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and I can be really specific and weird and say, yeah, I want eggs, but I don't want cheese right. unless it's goat cheese than I do but if you put butter on that bread I can't have it you know right, like right. and they're like got it and I'm like wow this is but it's it's hard to find those places mm-hmm. and those people who really get it especially when you add and I've had a lot of people too when I say dairy free they hear gluten free which oh yeah makes I've no heard that sense. about vegans too that a lot of people are like when they're vegan they think that they're gluten free yeah it's it's so strange. And I'm like, no, bring me bread. Like, I mean, right now I'm not eating a lot of bread, but normally I'm like, yes, I want bread. Like, yeah. why are you taking yeah. it away from me? Um, or yeah. So sometimes what I'll do um, is I'll just go to a vegan restaurant or a hmm. place with a lot of vegan options. Cause then I know that I know just, that there's no risk. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm covered. Um, do you have you know, do you have like places that you default to that, that you're just like, this is easy and they get it and I don't have to worry there? Um, for certain types of food. Yes. And especially like, I would say like picking up food, like there's default places where it's like, I know that I can order this thing and I've had it a million times and it's going to be fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know, going out to eat, I still like to try new places and I feel like I can always make it work. I would say for me, the hardest place to eat that's like, quote unquote, the scariest, you know, when you get that fear feeling is when you're invited to like a, like say like a dive bar type place. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and just like a place where you're like, I feel bad even asking because that's not the type of place that this is, you know, where it's like, this is like bar food. Like, I don't feel like they mean to cater people like me so like I ask for like a couple questions and then I'll just be like a burger no bun and I'll just like leave it you know like I don't try to like go into anything else because Mm -hmm. it's just too risky you know yeah I get that feeling at like Greek restaurants too you know like the big family style not like Greek food but like the Greek American restaurants where it's like you've got like a million items they're open 24 hours and it's all like dinery food. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. um, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes they'll get it. But most of the time the menu is or like Ma Fishers or, you know, like a place like that. Yeah, where you're which like, to me, that's kind of the same as a diner. You yeah, know, like. right, right. And it's like you just kind of have to you got to hope that the person who's who's there gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll all depend on the server and who's in the kitchen. Right. That well, night. and I it's feel not like, like everyone gets. Yeah, that. you just order like real simple. Then it's yeah. nice when you go to a place where they are very conversational and, like you said, you get the sixth sense that they get it because then you'll venture into things yeah. maybe you wouldn't order otherwise because you're like, oh, here they get it, so I can like maybe get something that's got more ingredients in it, and I don't have to be so scared to order. You know. Yeah. My favorite example is Odd Duck um, in Milwaukee because they'll just like make a menu for you. So you can wow. say, yeah. So you go like, hey, I can eat this, but not that. They have like some standard menus that they'll, so they'll have like a gluten-free or vegan menu or, you know, vegetarian. I mean, they have like veggie, like a whole list of veggie menu items. Um, but you can just go in and say really specifically these are things I can eat and can't eat. And they'll bring it to the kitchen 
and the kitchen will mark up the menu for you. Wow, and that's say, so yeah. cool. Yeah. And they'll be like, here's your customized menu and you and here are the things that you can modify to get what you need. And um, they never make it weird. And so if I want to eat somewhere and I'm just feeling like I just don't want to bother like explaining myself to someone where they might not get it, I'll just go there because mm-hmm. I know that they, they'll, they've got me covered. So uh, that's my plug for a duck. But there's like those surprising places too. Like um, I lived in Racine for a while and there's a restaurant out there called Yardarm and it's, uh, mm. it doesn't look like anything all that like it's not like a trendy place it's not you know because there's some like farm to table type of places down there and whatever but this is not one of those places it just looks like a seafood restaurant and because it is a seafood restaurant but the owner uh can't eat dairy so she 100 percent gets everything on the menu and every server gets it as a result they're all very mindful about dietary restrictions And they understand what people can and can't eat on the menu. And I was so pleasantly surprised when I went there for the first time because they walked me through it and said, yeah, this sauce is totally fine. It's egg-based, so you're good. And I was like, oh, you even said (laughs) egg-based. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, it's just – it is hard to find those places. I totally feel you. Um, I actually – I've got PCOS as well. And I've never really thought about – diet factoring into it which is which is weird but that's like a it's one of the conversations I just started working with an integrative health specialist and um she had brought up that she wanted to talk to me about that because I've never had that conversation with my gynecologist uh, Mm. about like what diet interventions I could I could take to I mean it's not I'm not as severe as some some people are I don't think um, but I definitely get some pretty hefty cysts and I go, you know, like had a few instances where I'm like, pretty sure that a cyst just burst. Wow. <laughs> that really? didn't feel great. <laughs> like I've been on like cyst watch before where they've oh. grown and I've had to go in like every six weeks to get it, to get like imaging on it. Um, but I don't have as severe of issues in terms of like some of the other hor- hormonal stuff I've heard where people have like really heavy periods and they happen all the time or like mine was kind of in the opposite direction where I wasn't getting a period. Um, so I had to go on birth control to have a period, Hmm. which is really weird. So, um, but anyway, so if there, so what, so what cued you into, I guess, like making dietary, you know, changes based on that diagnosis? Um, I actually had to do a lot of my own research um, because a lot of the doctors that I was going to, at least at the time, which was, I was probably about 21 when I was diagnosed. um, Okay. And a lot of people didn't know a lot about it. So I really had to do a lot of my own research at the time. I found some specialists now, but one of my biggest problems is like there's so much information and all of it contradicts itself, like contradicts the <laughs> other information. So it's really about trial and error because like one person says like, oh, you shouldn't eat eggs with PCOS. And then one person says like this and it's just like you could like 
if I listened to everyone's advice, like I wouldn't have anything to eat. Do you know what I mean? Cause I, I have gotten yeah. to the point where I've done that before where I've like, okay, now I'm cutting out this and now I'm cutting out this and now I'm cutting out other things. And it's just like, where I'd be like, I'm making myself crazy. Like I am sure like there are some people who are truly allergic to all these things and like can't function. And so they have to do it. But like, I don't even know if this is doing anything. Yeah. So like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I've really had to just look into like what is actually making me feel better or worse. And gluten and dairy are the only two that I've really been able to tell for sure. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm not dairy intolerant in the sense of like I'm not lactose intolerant. I would never like just like get a stomach ache after eating it. For me, it's more like the amount of it that I'm having and like having an inflammatory reaction over time. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's why, like, I still have a little bit of cheese, but, like, I will not touch milk or yogurt now because, to me, they're not worth it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I used to eat yogurt every single day for years and years and years, and I just, like, never felt good in the morning, never felt good. Um, and I also would have a cough, like, every single day. Yeah. And I was just, like, why am I coughing? Like, I'm not sick. And I finally figured out that, like, I would like write down what I was doing and I was like, oh, right after I eat my yogurt, I just start coughing. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people have like respiratory issues mm-hmm. or um, like skin problems yep. and things like that from dairy, even if they don't have like intestinal distress. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's harder to like limit yourself because you're, yeah, when you like for me for gluten, I have intestinal distress. So like I cannot eat it. Like I will have a huge problem. But, yeah. like, with dairy, I'm just, like, I shouldn't eat it. So it's a little harder sometimes because you're, like, oh, but I want to. And, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe a little is fine. And I'm still at that, like, I still eat it occasionally thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah so I have found that it's more an inflammatory response for me. Yeah, and it's all about, like, knowing your limits, like you said. Um, I remember we had that conversation, what was that, like, last year or something, where I, I had mentioned that my feet shrunk and yep. I couldn't – do you remember that? And I was like, I can't figure out why they, like, went down by a half size. And you're like, well, when did it happen? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was, like, when I cut out dairy. Yep. Because it was when I was about 18 and that's when I stopped eating dairy and my feet got smaller. And I yep. was like, oh, I never made that connection. That's so <laughs> Until funny. you said yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that must have been it. Yeah. No, I'll feel like if I eat too much, like, my hands and my feet feel puffy you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so when you don't eat it, you feel less of that. And then, um, same with like my face, like I can feel it in my face when I'm eating it too often. Cause I just oh, feel yeah. puffy. Um, um, but it also contributes to joint pain. So like some people in my life that are a little bit older than me and have like arthritis, knee pain, things like that. I've told them like, you should try like cutting out dairy and just see what happens. Like it might not work for you, but you might know in a couple of weeks, oh, my knees don't hurt anymore, you know? Yeah. So I've, like, recommended that to people because it is shown to be, like, for everyone, even if you're not intolerant with it, like, a consistently inflammatory food, so. Yeah, there's not, I mean, there's so many other substitutes that you can, where you can get what you need without having any, like, dairy products, and there's not not a lot of, 
benefits. Yeah. So it's like, but I, but I get it, especially, you know, that's what's, that's why I named my site dairy free state because being in the dairy state is, (laughs) it is really hard to go dairy free. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's hard to find the people who get it. And especially like family members, that was a big adjustment when I was like, yeah, I'm not eating this stuff anymore. They're like, well, what do you, what do you eat? Like, you don't, you don't have milk. You don't have cheese. Right. You don't have butter. And I'm like, no. And like when I started, there weren't that many there. I mean, now it just seems normal. Like there's so many, you can go get oat milk and macadamia milk and, you know, yeah. like yeah. hemp milk. Like, but back then it was like soy, rice, and sometimes almond. And that was kind of crazy to have almond milk early out there. Um, and so it's, it's hard to like explain like, yeah, when I started, it was very confusing for people. They did not get it. I mean, people still don't get it, but yeah, it's like, it it is kind of cool that we live in a time now where you can go to the grocery store and you can get a lot of gluten-free and dairy-free foods. Now, I don't know if you've run into this. This is something that I've noticed is that not all gluten-free stuff, but a lot of gluten-free stuff has dairy in it. And I think it's like, Mm. well, it's got to taste like something like they'll put cheese in it or milk powder in it or something like that. So then I'm like, well, I can't, I can't eat it then, but it looks good. Like lots of frozen stuff I've noticed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like it'll be gluten-free, but not vegan. So that's always tricky too. When people have multiple restrictions, then it's like, there'll be like that line of food that caters to, you know, one One type of diet. Yeah. And then it's just like, or like the, you know, um, garden burger. I mean, now you can get like so many different like veggie burgers. It's crazy. But garden burger was one of the most popular veggie burgers and I didn't eat a lot of meat. So I liked that too, but then they had cheese in it. (laughs) So I was like, well, I can't eat that. It's just vegetarian. Anyway, this is just my own – it's turning into my own personal rant. So anyway. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I get it because um, I had a doctor who recommended that I try being vegan for PCOS because of the hormones in our food. So I, I yeah. get it. But I had a really hard time with it. And I do think one of the reasons is so many of the products that are really great for vegans do have gluten in them. Yeah. Well, and also like – were you trying to avoid like soy protein as well? Yes. Or, That's yeah. the thing is like That's people would hard. say, oh, you can have this, you can have this. And I'd be like, but I can't just go adding a ton of soy. Yeah. Like, I always That's try to, a hormone yeah. issue too. So for me, I could like, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that say, well, you could be like, you could make it work, but it did not work for me um, because trying to be vegan and mostly soy free and um, gluten-free there was just not enough options for me that made me I would have to cook myself which obviously I can do but like when you're busy there's just not a lot of like right easy options without like making your own meal totally yeah yeah I always try to balance like my soy intake I try mm-hmm. to be mindful of that like okay have I had a lot of soy lately I should probably switch to something else you know so that I'm not having too much of that because yeah that is one thing I think about in terms of hormones so I guess in a way I do think about that a little bit with PCOS but yeah I've never really looked into that but that but like I said that is something that's like coming up in my conversation soon so 
So this came, this conversation came at a good time because now I'm like, ooh, I should do some research before I talk to her and ask her questions. Um, so you said you've had to do like a lot of your own research. So what are there any resources in particular that you've found helpful, like any websites or any books or podcasts yes. or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the website. Shoot. Let me see if I can find it here. There's a website and it's a British woman and she has PCOS. And a lot of the things that she has said, I feel like are on the more, for me, like realistic and doable, you know, cause obviously yeah. like we could cut out everything, but then I'm just, and I've done that. I've done very, very restrictive diets and I'm always just like, well now I'm miserable. So that, <sighs> Yeah, sure, like, maybe I feel a little bit better in the one way, but then I also, like... You just get really I'm really unhappy, <laughs> so, like, that doesn't seem to be the best either. Yeah. Um, that so was me, like, the beginning really of the balance. year. Yeah. I was like, I hate everybody. Well, you start to uh, be like, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Okay, it's called PCOSDietSupport.com. Okay, cool. PCOSDietSupport.com. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think her name is Taryn. And yeah, she is British and she, so I found this website when I still like hadn't found a lot of doctors that really knew what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and she has a lot of really good recipes and things like that. So when I do want to like cook, I'm like, okay, I can like obviously make this more like, um, she'll do like a, um, like lower glycemic type things. So it's like, yeah, more balanced for that um and then she I believe is fully dairy free oh cool so that I think her website might be one of the first places that I heard about people eliminating dairy for PCOS yeah so you ended up working with a specialist down the line you said oh I've been to lots of them <laughs> <laughs> any one that's that has like resonated with you in particular or are you still do you still feel like you're searching for your person I think I'm probably still searching for my person. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found people where I feel like good about it for a little while. And then I'm like, I don't know if this is. Yeah. I feel like I end up like moving every couple of years just to see like what else is out there. Yeah. That's interesting. I really haven't like, it's weird. I got diagnosed when I was 15, I think. Mm. Um, So I haven't really like thought about it because it's just been it was just in my life, you know, like almost immediately after like going through puberty, you know? So it's like, oh, that's just like normal. But I've, I've never thought to like seek somebody out. But did um, you have, are your symptoms and your dietary things mainly related to that? Or are they related to other things? Well, that's like one thing we're still trying to figure out. I just got diagnosed with SIBO. Um oh. I, I was diagnosed with IBS when I was in high school too. Um, I think the thing we're trying to figure out right now is like what's all connected and like what is related to my gut health uh, versus my hormones versus something else, which is like the tricky part. Because a lot of people, and I'm sure you, you're familiar with this too, like a lot of people who have chronic health conditions have more than one and they all kind of like yeah. – you know, work well, I also to get, think sometimes people are really happy to continue diagnosing you with new things. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I've actually, I've had the opposite experience where 
where people are like, oh, I don't, you know, you seem normal. And I'm like, well, this doesn't feel normal, you know, and actually Mm -hmm. like within the, within the last, I mean, IBS was like a really early diagnosis. Like I said, I was like 18, 17, 18. That's when I started cutting out dairy. Um, cause my doctor was like, well, I think you should do an elimination diet and I think you should start with dairy and see how you feel and just stop eating it for seven days. And immediately I felt better. And he was like, well, there you go. Don't eat it. <laughs> and problem solved, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like, try to identify what your trigger foods are and like, you know, what else makes you feel sick. And, um, and yeah, I was, I didn't have a period. Like I, I wouldn't get it for five months at a time, eight months at a time. Mm -hmm. And then it would be really, really bad. Um, And I was like, I don't think that's normal. (laughs) So that's when I got diagnosed with PCOS. It was like right away. Like, you know, I came in and I was like, here's what's going on. And, you know, they did an ultrasound and they were like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. And I was like, okay, great. Um, So that's something that I've just like, that's always kind of been in the background. And I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, just because, because it's been around with me for so long, but, uh, SIBO is a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which sounds really crazy and nasty, but it's, um, a lot of people who get it, you can get it for a lot of different reasons. It just means that there's a lot of bad bacteria in your intestines, um, which, which is caught probably causing more digestive issues. And it, and, and you're just like, you're not clearing out that bad bacteria because you're feeding it with what you're eating um, or with stress or with other health conditions or medications. Right. So um, one of the, one of the biggest reasons you could get it is if you ended up taking a lot of antibiotics as a kid. Mm. Um, Cause then you're killing a lot of, bacteria good and bad and it kind of like screws up your system you know it gets everything out of whack and so that was one of her first questions was uh the specialist that I've been working with she's like well how often did you get antibiotics as a kid and I was like a lot (laughs) like I got I got strep throat a lot or Mm. my doctor thought I had strep throat and he would just throw me antibiotics and be like I've had that experience as well yeah, and we that's kind of the time that we grew up in where they didn't they were like, well, better safe than sorry, even before the culture came, you know, came up positive, he'd be like, just start on these antibiotics just in case, which they would never do now. Yeah. Um Yeah, I had a so, strep a lot as a kid too, like every single year, I think. Yeah, same. Yeah, lots of strep. I had a lot of ear infections when I was young. Um and then I got a lot of sinus infections when I was older. Oh my God. So I yeah. That's exact. I was going to say really? the same thing. Yes. Ear infections. Same progression. Strep, and then sinus infections when I was in my 20s. Yeah. So, so, so I weird. was on, yeah, I know. And I, and she's like, well, how, how many times do you think you've been on antibiotics? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Over a dozen for sure. If not yeah. way more than that. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, then it's like, well, and if you've got like, absorption problems in your gut that can make things worse you know there's just like there's all this research that's coming out now about like gut brain connections and like how your gut flora can affect the way that the rest of your body feels in ways that you don't think about um so so this is a long way of saying one of the things we're trying to figure out is like okay so i've been taking like specific um 
like herbal supplements, you can either do those or antibiotic, oh, specific antibiotic, but that was going to cost $1,700. So I went, yeah, I'll just take the oregano oil because it's, because according to research, it, it does the same kind of a job. Um, but basically they're antimicrobials uh, that like sweep out the bad bacteria. Hmm. And then you've got to take something that kind of moves your system, a pro-motility drug that kind of gets your gets your digestive system moving. And then you've got to eat specific foods that don't feed bad bacteria. So I'm 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 on that right now and trying to figure out what diet makes sense. And so kind of like our first approach is like, well, let's try to heal your gut and see what that does with pain and with the other things going on in your body and see if see what that heals kind of and then let's take it from there and try to tackle other things but i think the thing that's been so tricky is is a lot of a lot of the things that have been going on have been intertwined or i've just taken them as normal for so long that i haven't really paid attention to oh like i can feel better than this or I kind of thought everybody felt lousy all the time. It's so hard, too, because, like, when you do try different things, it's very hard to be like, well, did that work? And it's like, yeah. Are you still tired? Well, I'm still tired. Are you less tired? I don't know. Maybe? Like, it's so hard to decide. Like, yeah, some things you're sure right away. Like you said with dairy, like, you knew right away. Like, this is definitely working. But other things are more subtle than that. And you're just like, well, I had this, but then I also had this thing. And, like, also maybe I had a little bit of a cold. Like, how do I know? Like, am I feeling better or not? Like, Yeah, that's always really tricky. And right now it's like um, there were, like, six or seven different diets that my specialist was like, okay, these are all supposed to be good diets for you to try that that don't that won't feed your bad bacteria, you know, so mm-hmm. it'll start cleaning out your system or whatever. And so she's like, pick one, <laughs> anyone and see how you feel, you know, because it really is, like you said, you've got to listen to your body. It's really an individual choice. And so I started with the most restrictive diet. Cause I was like, well, I mean, that's probably going to be the best one. And it was like, there were only a few vegetables I could eat, lots of meat, which I don't eat a lot of to begin with. So that was weird. Um, like no fruit except for lemon and lime. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, like very few nuts. Like it was, it was super restrictive and I was eating so much fat, uh, because it was the only way I could like fill up on something. Yep. And then I felt lousy. Like my stomach was like, well, like, awful just eating that much fat made me feel so sick and my and my like cholesterol went up like right like within the first couple weeks it was like I went and got a biometric screening I just happened to have that within like the first two weeks of going on this diet and my cholesterol was like through the roof and that has never happened before and I was like ah and they're like it's okay because your good cholesterol went up too but you know, so they're like, that kind of evens it out. But I was like, that's terrifying that I was on this for two weeks and it changed, you know, it changed my yeah. numbers so dramatically. And, and I just still felt lousy. I was feeling really crampy and just, and I was like, okay, this isn't it. So then I had to switch and now I'm on a low FODMAP diet, which is you you avoid specific sugars. You also can't have like onion or garlic, which is really hard. <laughs> um, 
And like I think no, I've heard about this diet. No before. beans. Yeah, it's recommended for people with IBS. Um and so far it's been really good. And when I I have noticed that the closer I stick to it, the better I feel. Um but That's yeah, good. at this yeah. But at, at the same time, yeah, sometimes it's like I'll eat something and not feel right. And then I'll be like, well, was that because I took a supplement at a weird time? Was it because I'm stressed or tired? Mm-hmm. Was it because I ate the wrong food? Was it because I ate this food and then did this thing? Like it's hard to tell sometimes. So it's like you've got you've to kind of think with a wider lens sometimes and just be like, okay, in general, am I feeling better? Is it working better? Um, but anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, you know, I would want to know from you, do you have any specific advice uh, for people who, you know, get diagnosed with PCOS, like, and maybe they feel like they don't, they don't know a lot about it or, you know, like, what would you have wanted to know when you first got diagnosed that you think would have saved you some time and some trouble? Um, I think for me that that particular condition affected how I felt in a lot of ways. And most, the first doctor that told me that I most likely had it didn't tell me that. Um, And she pretty much just said like, oh, it affects like your fertility, but you won't have symptoms. Oh. And so in, which was completely wrong. Okay. So but she, so she pretty much was just like, yeah, you'll never have kids, but like it does, it doesn't really affect like how you feel. And then I started doing research into it and it was like all of these symptoms that I'd had for like 10, 12 years of like, just like constant exhaustion. Like I was having at certain points, like really bad vertigo. And then I figured out like, oh, I was having really bad vertigo after I went off birth control. Mm. And I was like, well, that's obviously hormonal. Yeah. So it was just like all these things tying together that like, no, all of this stuff is related. So like, that's what I, when I was saying like, the people are like quick to be like, oh, that's not this. Like, that must be a different problem. It's like any disorder I think that you have can affect how you feel in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, like researching like what other people feel that have that is more helpful than like, certain like sometimes what doctors will say because sometimes like there's symptoms that aren't necessarily related to that specific condition but are just like these are things that you're going to just feel terrible until you improve your overall like management of that condition so it was like crazy the things that would change that I had never thought about being related to it um so like my skin like I had had acne as a teenager, like really bad, like yeah, almost same. like was I was on the way to getting on what's that really intense medication? Oh God, what is take? that called? Not different. Um, the one that's like an oral medication, and they have to right. Like, you can't like go out in the sun and yeah, yeah. I, I can't think oh. of what it's called, but I was like real close to doing it, but I was just like concerned about like you know the intensity of it and. Then I kind of like was on my um, PCOS journey at the same time. And I like went on a medication that lowered my testosterone and my skin just like cleared instantly. So it was like all these things that was like, oh, you go to a dermatologist and they're trying to topically treat your acne. But it's like 
you know, I can put on like zit cream forever, but like I had a hormone problem, you know, it was like all these things that was like, oh, it's all tied together. And like one person's like, oh, you have an acne problem. So do this. Oh, you have a gut problem. So do this. And it was just like, not until I realized that all of it was one thing. And like, if I just improve my overall like hormone balance and like the way that I was managing it, how many symptoms I had that were all related to it. Yeah, totally. I think Accutane, is that it? Yes. Okay. Um, that was bugging me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the same thing that I've been dealing with with pain. I, I've been so focused on that. It's like I've been ignoring other things going wrong in my body and working with a specialist has kind of had me back up a little bit. She's like, well, wait, let's like get your gut right because <laughs> that's easier to fix. <laughs> you know, she's like, we can identify that uh, much easier. But, you know, it's like I've had a lot of doctors just say, well, if you're in pain, why don't you take this pain medication instead of, well, let's figure out why that's happening. That's what it is. Um, It's the why. Yeah. Like there were a lot of people that I went to about an individual symptom. Like I had migraines. I think they were all hormonal. Yeah. That they would be like, well, here's a pill for one that happens. Well, here's a pill for your acne. Well, here's a pill for that. And it was just like, but why are these things happening? Like nobody wanted to like find out the why. I had to figure out the why on my own. Right. Well, because, you know, the typical way those kinds of appointments work are you've got 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And whatever gets done in those 15 minutes gets done. But it's not like set up to solve long-term chronic health conditions not at all it's just not designed for that um I will say I'll give my gynecologist credit because I some of my longest appointments are with her yeah um I've had some like that as well but they're all like um the ones that I've been to like that are like what's the word they're independent they're not in the main like health conglomerates yeah and they're there's a word for it, like a more holistic doctor. There's like a term that I can't think of. Um, like functional or um, – because I've gone to a lot of like functional, integrative practitioners, alternative, you know, whatever. Um, or are you saying like DOs or – No. Um, sorry that I'm having trouble. Oh, that's with okay. Here. I feel like there's like a word for it. Maybe it is functional doctor. I don't know. I think I always say holistic as more of like a general term because they generally have like a fountain in the lobby, right? They're like not (laughs) in the main medical center. There's like essential oils going. Like it's like a different vibe. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, and so that's kind of like my specialist. She's in a major um, health system, but they have a branch of integrative health specialist which is kind of unusual like that just doesn't really exist in a lot of other places in our area and her appointments are an hour and a half long wow yeah yeah so yeah so you just request you say I want an integrative appointment and it's a 90 minute appointment and that's where we're tackling the stuff that's like really long and involved and we've got to figure out everything to try and at the same time she's asking me you know, how are your relationships? How's your career going? How are you feeling? How's your spirituality? You know, are you exercising? Like she goes through everything with every appointment. She's always asking me about my entire body. 
That's awesome. Uh, every time I go in. Yeah. And it's so unusual. And it took me like, you know, four years to get there. Um, but I got there. Uh, but I do feel, I mean, just hearing you talk, it's like, I do feel lucky that right out the gate, my gynecologist like didn't hesitate, um, to diagnose me with PC- PCOS and, and she never hesitates to do imaging. She never hesitate. You know, it's like, if I've got, if I'm worried about something, she just goes, you know, she's just like, okay, like, let's try to figure this out. And, um, cause I've, I've heard from other women that they've had to like talk their gynecologist into listening to them about whatever concern they yeah, have. Yeah, I don't do that. I just go get a new doctor. Like, I don't have time to like, – do you know what I mean, though? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have yeah. time for people who, like, don't – who aren't knowledgeable about it. It's like I – Yeah. So the people that I've gone to most recently are, like, specialists and knowledgeable in hormone conditions. Like, I don't want to go to someone that doesn't have that experience. Um, my main struggle, honestly, has been just, like, appointment availability and, like – how often I have to go back and like that's probably more like my own like not putting myself first thing yeah but like I've had to stop going to doctors because I'm like okay you're 40 minutes away I think you're great but like you can only ever get me in at like two o'clock on a Monday like I just can't come here anymore yeah like I and then I also think a lot of times it's like these smaller offices where like because they own their own office they have like this great like work-life balance and like they have great hours and like they just don't understand like my schedule and so they'll be like oh you should do this more and I'm like I would love to but like (laughs) I work too much like I can't do all of these things like it would just get so overwhelming where it was like you should do this and this and this and this and also try to integrate this and like add in this thing and like this all sounds great, but like I'm not gonna do it. Can we take it one step at a time? Like Yeah, yeah. That can get over like yeah, it's like when they're overly attentive, that can be hard to deal with in a different way than when they just look at you and go, Well, you just sound like you're stressed, so why right. don't you just why don't you just take some Saint John's wart and leave my office? Yeah. No, um, and I've had like, like oh. ones that really care, but it's like it's finding that balance of like being able to do all the things that would be great for my body, but also like knowing that like, unfortunately, like I can't spend 24 hours of my day managing my health. Unfortunately, like that's just not the way that it works. So like, what can I do as a normal working person with other responsibilities to manage it? You know? Yeah. Now you said something that I don't want to, I don't want to pass over when you were like, well, I just pick a different doctor as you know, like when they, when they, when they're not serving me, I just, I just switch to a different doctor. I would say it, did you have like a moment that kind of lifted the curtain for you and made you realize like, oh, they're just people and they have like biases and they have, there are things that they know and things that they don't know just like anybody else and they're not it doesn't necessarily mean that this person is the right fit for me just because they're taking care of me right now like did you can you identify like a moment when that happened so I have a lot of little moments along the way but there's one in particular that I like to talk about because it was so enraging to me um there were a lot of moments where I was just like okay this person doesn't know like really 
Like, it's that whole, like, here's a prescription, get out of my office thing. Like, there were tons of moments like that. But um, when I was having the really bad vertigo, which I had to figure out on my own was a hormone problem, I did all the, like, inner ear testing, like, all that kind of stuff to, like, why a person would normally have vertigo. And they're looking at it from more of, like, a neurological perspective of, like, these are the things that could cause vertigo. And I had one doctor, which, of course, was a man. Of course. (laughs) And he said, you know, you should probably just stand on the wall and hug yourself when you're feeling dizzy. And, like, that's what you should do. And I was just like, (laughs) okay, but why is this happening? Do you not care that this is happening? Like, it was very just like, oh, just, like, stand still for a minute. Okay, just stand still for a minute for eight hours. Like, there were days where I would have it for a full day, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, that is not helpful. Like, he told, he actually said, stand on the wall and hug yourself. So he, like, showed me how to, like, put my arms around myself. And I was just like, how is that helping me? Like, I get that you're saying this is a thing you could do when you, like, feel the thing to, like, try to, like, feel better. But I was like, I'm not here for that. I'm here to find out why this is happening. Yeah. Because something's th- causing yeah. it, you know? Like, that's right. always been my thing is, like, what is causing this? Yeah, I had – I haven't had it in a long time, but I had a few really nasty bouts of vertigo, and it came out – came about around the same time that the chronic pain started. And I think it was, like, one of the first symptoms I had before I had the pain – um, so in my mind, I've been like, they've got to be connected somehow, but I still don't know how, you know, I'm sure they're connected. Yeah. But it's like when I first met with my doctor who is so no longer my doctor and hasn't been for a long time, uh, because of all the things he said to me within that, like six month span when I was like really freaking out because everything seemed to be going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, well, take some Dramamine and lay down and yeah, try to focus, like- try to focus on a spot you know, to get yourself yep. to stop spinning. And I was like, but I have never had this problem before. Right. You should care that this came out of nowhere. And why is it happening? Yeah. And he goes, well, and this was like, uh, this was actually like a few weeks before my wedding. Uh, <laughs> RIP, oh, my, my marriage. Um, so, <laughs> and he, so he was like, oh, well, it must be stress from planning the wedding and I was like dude I'm working on my thesis like I'm in grad school and I work at an advertising agency you think a wedding is going to be the thing that tips the scales for me it's not like I'm you know what I mean I was like I'm busy and active all the time like there was no moment in there that like broke me and gave me vertigo and I was like so everything had already been like planned and everything was ready you know I was like I'm not we're doing dance lessons. Like this is (laughs) the least stressful part of, you know, anything. And he's like, well, that must be it. You and and that was like his answer for everything was you must be stressed or you're overreacting or, uh, it's probably just a leftover virus. Uh, but he wouldn't test me for anything. He wouldn't, you know, he didn't, he wasn't interested in digging into it. He just wanted me out of his office as fast as I could get out. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that anymore. I'm, you know, and then I, yeah, I hopped around for a while until I found my people. Um, okay. Uh, 
Well, we've been talking for a while. Let's see. Is there anything else? I guess before we close, is there anything else you'd want to share with the listening audience? Any advice you want to leave with or anything you want? Any closing thoughts? I don't know. I'm not sure if I have any. Um, I think, I mean, the main thing is like, it is trial and error. So like, you just got to keep trying different things until you figure out what your things are. Unfortunately, like. I think it all comes down to like, and this is kind of the other conversation I had too. It's like, you're your own best advocate and you need to be your own best advocate. No one else is, you can find support, but no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. So. And it's very frustrating sometimes. I mean, sometimes yeah. you're just like kicking and screaming where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to <laughs> keep trying different things, but. Like, fix me. Be house. Right. Why can't you be house? Like, you just want it fixed, <laughs> but it just doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, that's, yeah. Well, and I would say too, and I don't know if you've done this. It sounds like you you kind of do it at least mentally, but I found that like journaling and and like documenting what I think works or doesn't with symptoms has been really helpful Mm -hmm. in like communicating with, you know, my, my practitioners, like this is working for me and this is not, and it can kind of help them sometimes get closer to what might be going on. But that would be my other piece to piggyback on what you said. Yeah. I used to do a ton of food journaling when I was in a lot of that trial and error stage because, um, it would just help me figure things out and like what things were causing a reaction. Um, and it also was basically how I figured out that it was all of my symptoms because it would be like, Oh, I feel worse, like around my period. And like, people don't want to hear that because they're just like, Oh, PMS, whatever. And it's like, yeah, like I feel like I'm going to die. Like you don't understand. Like this isn't just normal. Like, Oh, I have cramps or whatever. Like, so yeah (laughs) but yeah Yeah, that's how I figured out that like oh it is all related like yeah for sure so oh yeah well thank you for taking the time to talk with me today and 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 you know I think our I think our rant was uh therapeutic yeah hopefully it'll help somebody (laughs) hopefully yeah well thank you and uh yeah look forward to more talks like this coming up in future episodes on dairy free state for now bye